After a grueling fight, Octavia and Carhoon press on to take cover in the foothills of Absalon's tail. But will they be any safer? What else will they encounter before reaching their journey's end? And can Austin shoehorn any more Knowles into this adventure? He absolutely can. Welcome to Me, My Spouse, and a Die. Welcome to Me, My Spouse, and a Die. I'm Gwyneth, your resident Asimar druid, Octavia Marguerite Sinclair. And I'm Austin, your resident dungeon master. <laughs> if you like what you hear in the next hour or so, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or your preferred podcasting app. The best way for us to grow is by sharing us with your friends, so please do just that. We also want to thank everyone who's already left us a review. Specifically, we want to give a shout out to Phil Olson and Oggs Nixus, who both said they were so excited to hear more of our story. Thank you both so much for the kind words, and we're so glad you're part of the Sad family. And Oogs Nixus. Sorry if we're mispronouncing oh, that. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce I that. I apologize so like, if that is your family name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, my love, shall we play some more Dungeons and Dragons? Let's play some more Dungeons and Dragons. I am psyched. I'm so ready. I have this new set of killer dice. That it was did seriously so well. almost killer. Like literally, literally almost killer. Almost killer. Ooh, I was not Has sure. The, the drought ended. <laughs> Hopefully. But yeah, uh, we went, we had a long episode last week, mm -hmm. which I think is appropriate. It was episode 10, which mm -hmm. I mean, that's. That's a pretty I mean, it's a small deal. number, but it's yeah. still a milestone. You Even know, though numbers like, are arbitrary. <laughs> I feel like if a podcast makes it to episode 10, they're probably going to keep going for a while. I feel like the first yeah. 10 are sort of the proving grounds. And if you're going to flame out, you're probably going to stop sometime within the first 10, mm -hmm. right? Maybe, you know, record five and then realize, man, this is not worth it. Or, man, <laughs> this is a lot of work. Yeah. But so I'm excited Absolutely. Me to be too. moving on to 11. Yeah, to be really in the double digits, not even just kind of like skirting the double digits at 9 or just like having dipped our toe into the double digits at 10, you know, to really be like continuing to be doing this and to be doing it with intentionality. And that's that's really exciting because the first couple episodes were fantastic, but then they were also, you know, really new. And I really feel like we're starting – really getting our feet under us and i'm really excited to see what you know the next 10 episodes will hold and then the next 10 after that yeah i mean last episode was some of the most fun i've had so <laughs> far amazing. in this campaign oh my gosh <laughs> I, I mean it helped that i rolled two natural 20s on multi attack you Thanks. did i had a blast and i'm excited to continue having a blast so let's mm, get same. into it all righty so Octavia Sinclair, yes. you are descending right now as you feel that uh, your incorporeal wings are not not going to be around for too much longer. Mm -hmm. You hear the screeching of scared elks as the two peritons you were fighting have begun to scatter in either direction now mm -hmm. that their riders are dead on the yeah. ground. Do they? Do I notice in what direction the paratons are flying? They're flying. I mean, they're just flying in 
random. They're not okay. going together. They're just sort of now that the people who were controlling them are no more, they are just sort of directionless. They're sort of reverted back to their bestial nature. Well, that's kind of nice. So It's like when you slap a horse's butt and yeah. it just runs off and as fast as it can in some direction. Well, that's nice because, I mean, they were probably like subjugated by the monsters. So it's nice that they're kind of able to go back to being, you know, free and in nature and all that kind of stuff. True. They are still nasty creatures. I know, but like badgers <laughs> are nasty. That's true. And palace cats are nasty, but they're palace so cute. So you, I would assume, you spiral down to the ground. Yes. Descend on these wings. Both you and you're still a bear. Correct. Carhoon <laughs> is looking <laughs> not great. Yeah. Well, you actually, as a bear are looking not great. We're both doing actually. Not terribly, since he okay, used right. his second wind, and I uh, expended a spell slot to get some hit points back. Um, True, but you're you're both damaged. Oh, for sure, we were we were on the brink of not existing anymore. Very close in that combat. And I mean, when you turn back into a person, you yeah. will be at two hit points. Yeah, that's when Octavia could die by a feather. So, so do you remain a bear or do you turn back into a person person? Octavia will probably, uh, bear Octavia, you know, will coast down uh, towards Carhoon on her wings. And as soon as she hits the ground, she will return back into her humanoid uh, form. And she will probably cast Cure Wounds on herself. Okie doke. You cast Cure Wounds on yourself. How many hit points you get? I get eight back. Cool. So you heal up a little bit. Carhoon's serviceable. Yeah. And he's not too, the, too bad. Yeah. And I would assume the two of you continue nor. Yes. Unless you have something else you would like to do. Well, I mean, I think that we'll have, you know, obviously been hurt by the latest encounter. And so we're going to look around and mm -hmm. kind of see... You know, is there anything else that's following us? Is there anything else that's chasing us? Is the way look clear? All that kind of good stuff. You can roll a perception check. Okay, both of us? Yeah, why not? If okay. you're both looking. Uh, uh, Octavia rolls a 12. And Carhoon rolls a 6. Uh, you don't notice anything out of the ordinary after okay. this battle. Okay. Do you continue north? Yes, we will then kind of continue north and... Carhoon advises that you... We should cut east, travel along the mountain range now that we are past Grundikov. Yes. Yeah, now that we had kind of, you know, cut west to, to skirt Grundikov, we will cut east. Yeah. Excellent. So, you continue north, northeast... Your path begins taking you closer and closer to the behemoths of Absalon's tail. Mm -hmm. These massive pieces. Pieces? That's not a word. <laughs> I mean, it could be if you like say it with enough, enough like emphasis. And <laughs> Let me try that again. <clears throat> These massive peaks jut high into the sky, clouds covering their highest points. The monoliths dwarf you as you get ever closer, and they get ever larger with each step nearer to Montagnon. As you approach the mountains, the terrain around you 
begins to transition from these rolling plains into a bit more of a uh, rockier terrain, and it's not uncommon to pass boulders or jutting rock formations that stick out of the ground. Oh, thank goodness, cover. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it any tree-er, or is the vegetation any different here than it was on the plains? There are. There's some trees. Okay. Are they... It's like, not like forested, but okay. there are some trees. Are they uh, a pine trees or like leafy trees? They would probably be more coniferous. Okay. Are sure. they carnivorous yeah. trees? Carni- you don't know. <laughs> but you travel throughout the day mm-hmm. sort of recovering from this combat and you walk, you take a maybe a, a break for lunch, eat mm-hmm. your stuff, take a little rest and then continue north towards the mountains, toward the north. The rest of the day passes without incident, and toward dusk, you approach and you cross paths with what looks like a large swath of trampled grass, maybe a hundred or so feet wide. Everything has been packed down, and all that is left is a muddy trail of crumpled grass and innumerable footfalls. Okay. What's your tool? Anything? Continue? So explain this area of trampled grass a little bit more it looks like a lot of people walked through here a while ago it, going in the same direction we're going or heading perfect? north it looks like yep and this trail seems to go on indefinitely mm-hmm. okay can i do a survival check to try to see how recent that was sure 21 it was very recent like maybe Early, early, early this morning. Oh, shoot. As people went up, or as people, as the army was going east, was there also an army going north? Oh, from Grundikov, but we wouldn't necessarily have seen it. (gasps) Hot dang. Can I uh, know what type of creatures were making these tracks? With your 21, it looks varied. Many humanoid-sized, some smaller, some larger, some hoofs. Okay. It looks like the road you would surmise that there was a similar contingent to the one you saw heading west, also heading north. Holy cow. Okay. I had not thought about this. Octavia will let Carhoon know that it seems as though that there is a uh, monster army heading north as much as it is heading east. East. Ah, this is this is an ill omen. It appears our getting to Montagnon may be a bit more complicated than we first foresaw. Octavia will look at Carcoon and say, What do you recommend? Uh is there another path that you know that maybe skirts around the most direct path that, you know, if the monsters are going directly north, is there another way that you may know, having already been there, that may be a bit more surreptitious? Or well, we should we should be cautious. Yes. We could skirt around to the west again, but I fear that would take longer, and we would uh, feel like time is against us. It is- might be best to continue on our current trajectory and get there when we get there with time to spare. Do you know, is there any way that we could skirt east? even closer into the foothills of the mountains, you know, uh, uh, picking a trail that maybe 
you know, would be way too difficult for an army to go across, but maybe two individuals would be able to do. I think that could be the best course of action, yes. I do not know of a particular path, but I feel like we could, uh, I'm sure we could blaze one for ourselves. Octavia nods, and their general consensus would be that, as opposed to heading heading west to try to skirt around this monster, monstrous trail to kind of skirt east a little bit and really get into the foothills of the mountains and you know go parallel to the trail to the to mm-hmm. the path that the monsters are blazing okay you continue in that direction as uh, dusk continues to fall and soon night comes while you are worried about time it is i mean rest is also important so yeah. what would you like to do i mean like we're both her um i used a number of spell slots I could probably use a short rest and keep on going for a bit. I mean, if you continue through the night, I will have you make constitution checks or to avoid exhaustion. Oh, really? Yes. I mean, if you just like marched all day, took like an hour to chill (laughs) and then continued marching marching all night. night, Yeah. I, I mean, I think we have to rest. I mean, okay. that battle was the closest that both Carhoon and Octavia have ever been to. D- I, I don't, uh, at least Car- Octavia has. I don't know about Carhoon, but I mean, mm-hmm. they were both within one or two blows from death, so or, or getting to zero. So I think that I think that they have to rest. Okay, uh, so you guys find a uh, a spot to make uh, a quick camp for the night. It's yeah, relatively the most defensible. rocky and there's some trees, so it's not like it's slim pickings. There's enough places that you can find a relatively sheltered area. That's good. To make camp. All right, yeah, and uh, I think at this point, um, you know, Octavia has been suspicious of Carhoon a little bit just by essence of it being, you know, seemingly really convenient that he was the one who got the messages from Carastus as to, you know, who Octavia mm-hmm. is and this whole quest and everything. It did seem convenient, like, mm-hmm. to show up with this message of fame and fortune type of thing. But I think with what they, they've they been through several battles together, they've been traveling for several days, um, you know, and if he had wanted to either slit her throat or rob her blind, Carhoon would have had many opportunities to do so. And so I think for one of the first nights, she's going to let Carhoon take the first watch because he doesn't need to sleep for as long as she does. And she is just exhausted. Um, So she's going to let him take first watch um, and then she's going to hunker down. Okay. You fall into a fitful sleep. So the night silently comes to a close, and it it passes relatively without incident. Well, no, it passes without incident. Good, good. So you are awoken for the second watch, and Carhoon takes his rest, Mm -hmm. and you watch as morning comes over the camp, and the sun begins to rise, and Carhoon finishes his trance, and then gets up, and he's a a bit tense and quiet as he wakes and begins breaking down his his bedding and eating his breakfast <laughs> it's no b and b do continue we continue um and Great. so i'm going to 
erase all the damage that we had mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. had acquired over the neck and refresh some so you spell feel slots. Much better. Much better. Uh, having awesome. had a night to take care of yourselves and get some rest and uh, patch up your wounds from the day before. Perfect. All right. I'm just you wildly continue. erasing at this point. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you're, you continue your journey to the north. Yes. You and Carhoon begin to make a good time in the morning through this rocky terrain. Around late morning, the sun begins to reach its zenith in the sky, and you begin to enter. You have now sort of reached the the very foot of these mountains, and it's you, you begin to reach particularly rocky stretches with lots of rock formations and boulders and and stone things. <laughs> Carhoon has remained tense. Stone things such as stones. St- such as stones. <laughs> Carhoon <laughs> remains tense and mm-hmm. alert as you guys continue on your trek. And he especially seemed a little because, like you know, he seemed a little tense this morning. Is he seeming? Mm-hmm. Is does Octavia like notice? Is he seeming in a like funk? Is like there's something up with him? Uh, I mean, he seems tense and anxious. Okay, you're not entirely sure exactly why, but I mean, you know that time is against you, and yeah, you know, there's very likely a massive army headed toward the place that you are also headed also toward. Going, yeah. So you're, you're in this sort of stretch during the late morning, and he's very alert, as this type of terrain would be particularly suitable for something like an ambush. Mm, yeah. Both of you roll a perception check. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay. Oh. Octavia rolls a 19, and Carhoon rolls a 9. With your 19, you 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 see him, his alertness, and you get the idea that it was well-founded as with your 19, you see some movement from behind, maybe we'll say behind some rocks to your right. Okay. What do you do in the split seconds after you notice this movement? I shout, or not shout, but I murmur under my breath to Carhoon, who's like right next to me, uh... There's something, there's something over there to our right. I do not know exactly what it is. And I uh, draw my, I like hold my staff in an offensive position and I cast Mm -hmm. Shillelagh on it. Okay. As you do this and you murmur to Carhoon who stands alert and his eyes dart from left to right across the path and he uh, gets his axe ready. Mm -hmm. A figure steps out in sort of this path that you are making directly in front of you. It is a figure that is mounted upon some sort of steed. Directly in front of you, coming out from behind a large boulder, is what looks like a gnome. (laughs) What? It's a female gnome. What's it on? She's wearing a set of leather armor that looks like it's seen a fair amount of action. And she is riding on top of a scruffy-looking mountain goat. (laughs) the best oh my gosh 
She's wearing a long forest green cloak over her slight shoulders, and she has a crossbow pointed directly at you. And as this uh, figure emerges in front of you, you see movement on all sides of you as about a half dozen more similar individuals emerge, all having crossbows or short bows. You see a few gnomes, a few halflings, and a dwarf all riding on top of these mountain goats. Okay. The gnome in front of you, who clearly seems to be the leader of this small band, narrows her eyes at you, and she says, Be you friend, or be you foe? You look not like an orc or a goblin, but look saying everything around these parts. If, if you all, if y'all are foe of the monsters and the war that has plagued our continent, then we are y'all's friends. But if you align yourself with the army that is headed north to Montagnon and the army that is headed east towards Stagpine, then we are indeed your foes. She narrows her eyes and says, what's your business in these parts? We are just travelers headed north on a mission from God. (laughs) (laughs) We're on a mission from God. God. (laughs) No, ma'am, we're musicians. I have been wanting to say that for like 10 episodes, (laughs) but it never came up organically. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, man. She looks you from head to toe and after a tense moment, lowers her crossbow and she sort of rides her goat up a little bit closer. Not like super close, but relatively close. And she says, you're heading up to Montagnon? That is correct. Couple of you two. You don't look like the typical people from Montagnon. Well, we're not. You know about this. From there, so You know about this army. We have seen it with our own eyes. Well, not the one going north, but the one going east. And we surmised about the one going north, to be purely honest. (laughs) And you're not with it? No. Indeed, we are not. Where the likes of you come from? Um, Is there anything that I can do to kind of... understand anything about this gnome as we're talking like is she wearing any sort of insignia is there anything to give me an indication like do the does she and her you know tribe like live here in the woods like what what's roll a history check okay i was like i want to do like a sense motive but i don't know what the equivalent is (laughs) insight is sense motive in this game well history that would be a four uh, you don't get any idea, but you could always ask. Uh, the 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 five or so that are gathered around, you still have their their weapons drawn. They don't look like they're going to shoot you, but they are all still sort yeah. of trained in your direction. So okay. if you make a false move, they're ready to turn you into pincushions. Yeah. Uh, but the leader is sort of entering into conversation. Okay. And Octavia wants to keep it at that. Like Octavia mm. has no gripe with these. You know, these people. Um, and so she'll say, yes, she has no issue with being forthright with them. Uh-huh. Uh, my name is Octavia Marguerite Sinclair. This is Carhoun Usirius. We come from Lake Ansel, traveling north to Montagnon. There's something about your eyes, dearie. What? What are you? 
My my parents are human. I am of this plane, but I cannot deny that I have divine origins. And I mean, if she, if she's been called on it, Octavia mm-hmm. is going to let her wings out. And she is going to stand there resplendent in literal divine glory. Do you want to burn your wings? I'm going to, because I like this okay. gnome a lot, and I want to I want to impress her. She seems really cool. <laughs> uh, okay, you shoot these divine wings from your back, and all of the goats around you sort of like... Aah! And, uh, Aww, but she likes. The, she back. doesn't want to scare the goats. She likes the goats too. I mean, they're they're a bit startled, and the the leader steps back, and it's like, well, that's uh, that's something I wouldn't expect to see out of an orc or an orc sympathizer. <laughs> no, ma'am. <laughs> no orc sympathizer here. So you're heading to Montignon. You've picked a heck of a time to do it. Apparently, we saw the tracks of the army headed north just this morning. And that's when we deviated to going more into the foothills to run parallel to to their course of action. Ah, indeed. It's a smart choice. Not too many are uh, prone to come through here, especially in any sort of number. That's what we figured. We figured that with the two of us, we'd be able to make time over a terrain that an army would not be able to. Well, if you're looking to get to Montignon... We can, we might be able to help you get there. But you haven't told me exactly what you're doing there. It's not a city many people tend to tend to go to. Especially not in times such as these. Ma'am, may I ask you what your name is? For I've provided you with ours. My name, I'm called Owlbear by the lot of us. And who, who is this, you know, this group that you have with you? This group? <laughs> this group? Are you telling me you've never heard of the goat riders of Absalon's tail? I'm sorry, ma'am. It was a relatively secluded life that I've lived down in Lake Ansel, so up until now I haven't. Well, have you nowhere the single most effective guerrilla resistance amongst against the monster hordes in the whole of Moir? <sighs> I guess news doesn't travel very fast nowadays. I can't say it has. And oh my gosh, this is amazing! Ah! <laughs> Gwyneth is freaking out. <laughs> this is so cool. <laughs> uh, Oct- Octavia shakes her head and is is just purely delighted by this. Um, to to because news doesn't doesn't pass. No one really knows what's going on. That's why you know when Grundikov fell, it took a while for all of Moir to find out about it and everything. And so she had never she's never heard of this. Um, you know this group and so to find out about them she's she's overjoyed um to kind of be around people who you know aren't trying to kill her for the first time since (laughs) she's left Lake Ansel (laughs) and so she's just so happy to um be around like friendly non-monstrous faces type of thing uh the the gnome called Owlbear up top her goat that's awesome says to you you can follow us to our camp if you like from there we can see you on your way to Montignon but I don't know what you hope to hope to accomplish when you get there but we can we can help you out if your goals are the same as ours 
Albert, thank you so much for your generosity. And Octavia, you know, bows her head towards her. We did not think that we would find friends in the foothills of Absalon's Tale so close to malevolent forces. And this has been a, a very thankful surprise. Hi. Good to tell you we're just as surprised as you are. Most of the travelers we find out here are creatures who end up dead by our hand not too much longer afterwards. Well, we're glad to buck the trend. It's refreshing to not have to kill you. <laughs> we're glad to not be in combat with you as well. <laughs> Octavia is so tired. <laughs> <laughs> she says, uh, come along, it's, it's not too far away. We'll get you situated. And uh, she turns her goat around and the, the lot of these little little riders begin to <laughs> uh, amazing. trot away. Oh my gosh, this is so fun. You follow? Yes, we, Carhoon uh, and Octavia both follow. She leads you up into this rocky terrain, into the sort of up the base of these mountains further into the the wilderness it gets a bit more tree-y a bit more rocky as you follow mm-hmm. owlbear and her group there's a a dwarf also riding a, a large goat who's sort of at her right mm-hmm. um, and they lead you for you know a while maybe a, an hour or mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. do you say anything during this? Do you ask them anything? Yeah. Um, I uh, Octavia will ask Owlbear. Uh, I don't suppose that your family gave you the name of Owlbear at birth. What do you go by outside of this group? My name outside... I, I have no name outside of Owlbear. It's true my parents did not give me this name. But... My parents were killed many years ago by those I'm who so I sorry. fight today. I appreciate your your sorrow, but I lived in a small village outside of Grundukov before the war, and I'm falling into a falling into Arhun's accent, so I need to get out of that. <laughs> says, I lived in a small village outside of Grundukov before the war. When it started, my family having not much protection they were they were lost Mm. I vowed that I would carry their uh, their spirits with me and avenge their deaths and during the initial years I mm, fled into Grundkov and helped the dwarves where I could Helping to bolster their defenses, trying to provide intel about the the monster horde's movements to keep the city safe, but after the fall, I had a realization. Defense alone would not win the war, and we had to take the fight to them. When Grindikov fell, my fears were confirmed. I escaped with my life, with a few others. Like moose here, and she motions to the uh, the dwarf riding next to her, who just gives sort of a nod and a hur. Mm-hmm. Octavia, you know, nods and says hello, hello. 
We fled into the mountains, found a, a reasonably secluded area where the monsters weren't going to happen upon by chance, and we set to work. I've been fighting against them with everything that I have ever since then, for years now. Raiding what I can. We can't obviously provide a full frontal assault on their stronghold, but we can take out supplies. We can hit the smaller bands and scouting parties. I know it's not as much as I'd like, but I have to do something. Mm-hmm. Octavia understands that so fundamentally. And that's how the Grat was born. The the Grat? She asks. Goat Riders of Epsilon's Tail. Oh my gosh! Oh, that is so fantastic! Oh, okay, sorry. That's so cool. Oh, man. You guys eventually uh, enter into a small clearing where you can see the Grat Camp. Mm. There's about a dozen tents or so stretched across a small clearing in these uh, mountainous hills. There's a fire burning in the center and a small uh, woodland creature being roasted over top it on a spit. There's gnomes and halflings bustling about and several dwarves sitting on top of rocks sharpening swords, axes, and spears. And wandering throughout the camp are as many goats as there are people. <laughs> Some of them munching on the mountain grass or the moss. A few of the gnomes are taking them to the side and brushing their coats or fitting them for saddles. And the little baas can be heard echoing throughout this small encampment. This is fantastic. Uh, Owlbear and the dwarf named Moose escort you uh, <laughs> sort of in into this camp. And they say, well, Owlbear says... I don't know exactly what it is you want, what you're after in Montignon, but judging by your divine origins and your, uh, well, the fact that you haven't attacked us yet either. Octavia uh, kind of, you know, smiles and nods. She says, I, there's something about you, Octavia, I think. I think it would be in all of our best interest to help you out. Thank you so much. You're interested in getting to Montignon? Well, we can help with that. Uh, we can... Outfit you with any supplies you might be needing. Uh, we don't have much to spare, but might be able to help. Your generosity is unexpected in this part of the world. Do you know approximately how long Montagnon is from where we are? We'll take you about as far as we can, which will last until we can get you there by about nightfall. And then oh, it's oh, about wow. another day or so past that should okay. get to the walls thank you so much <laughs> finding hospi hospitality is not again what we were expecting well as I've said it's as much a comfort as us to find someone who's on our side it's a, it's a welcome change and she uh, she motions to some some other you know gnomes and halflings running around mm -hmm. and they go and they they replenish your the the rations that you may have expended and you know give you some medical treatment because you've still probably got some <laughs> yeah. wounds from we probably still from the battle rough. so they 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 bandage you up 
and you know it 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 doesn't take too long and Albert says I'd be happy to offer you our hospitality but it seems to me that haste is in everyone's best interest I think it would be wise for us to to travel as soon as possible yes you're welcome to stay here but yes I I agree we can uh, Is it like new like what time is it it's not like Yeah I mean it's it's very early afternoon yeah, so I mean, we would still be able to get a couple of good hours of sunlight, so I don't Definitely. know why they would already start to to rest here. Even if they want to, like, Octavia really wants to, like, stop here and get to know everyone who is in this, like, resistance camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, get to know, you know, Owlbear so much more, but unfortunately they just don't have the luxury of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, she seems to realize that too as they get you outfitted and sort of replenish your your foodstuffs and refill your water skins mm-hmm. and and bandage you up and give you some more you know salves and bandages and clean <laughs> yeah. cloths and whatnot and then uh Owlbear and Moose the dwarf they well Owlbear says well if if you need anything else we don't have much to give but I think uh We'd best be off if we want to get you as far as we can by nightfall. What you have already given us is more than we we ever expected to find. And your guidance is also, we are so grateful for it. So yes, we agree that we should probably be off as soon as possible. Well, we don't have a, we don't have a goat to offer you, but it doesn't look like you'd be able to fit on it anyway. <laughs> I feel like our, my, my strides might, yeah, be bigger than the poor creature could hold. We'll just, uh, we'll have to trot slowly to keep up for you. <laughs> and Octavia is finding like a lot of joy in this image of all of these cre- of all these people, you know, riding goats mm-hmm. and trying to like kind of find joy again in the like little things, kind of in yeah. and amongst like all of this horror that she's seen. Yeah, as I mean, as you've been in this camp, uh, I mean, obviously everyone's noticed you. Uh, you're th- mm-hmm. the two tallest people here. That's also she's been wanting to ask Albert, like, are these are there only you know like gnomes and halflings and dwarves here? You know, is that by purpose or is that just by essence of people who can ride goats or you know what, why exactly it is that that is the way that it is? Well, in the early days, we accepted anyone who was willing to fight for us and. Just by happenstance, it happened that it was mostly the dwarves who were forced out of Grindkov and the mm-hmm. gnomes and halflings who made their villages in the lowlands nearby. We found our goats and quickly realized that it was uh, a unique and advantageous way of fighting for us, and that's sort of been our our thing, if you will, ever since. <laughs> we're happy to fight alongside any who'd wield the blade against the monsters, but... As it turns out, most of us, most of us in here, are a small folk. Mm-hmm. Well, that that would make sense then. Can I, I, out of character, ask? So, where is it that usually that like halflings and gnomes would have lived in Moir prior to the wars? Um. So, these gnomes are out of character. These gnomes are specifically rock gnomes, so they're sort of like mountainous gnomes. So they've lived, Mm -hmm. they have smaller villages around sort of Grunikov in these rocky 
rocky lands if they okay. did not live with the dwarves in general. Halflings live just about everywhere. Right. Okay. Um, All but, over Moir. Yeah. So, they begin, uh, they, after you've sort of gotten a lot of wide-eyed looks as you've entered this camp and uh, everyone's been... So, because they're halflings and gnomes, they are relatively jovial. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. a relatively... One of the nicer atmospheres you've had yeah. in a while. But all of them <laughs> look like... I mean, they're all wearing battered and weathered gear that looks mm-hmm. like it's seen a bit. All of them, even though they might be, you know, laughing or joking, they all look like they could do some... They're all... Mm, they're, they could put down. They could throw down yeah. if they needed to. Yeah. Uh, you get you get the idea that any of these people could kill anything with like a spoon if they had to. <laughs> yeah, it's like sense. a bunch of tiny John Wicks. <laughs> oh my gosh! Stop it! With that pencil. Amazing. <laughs> the possibilities now are endless. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, I want a tiny oh my John gosh. Wick. I I want to see the movie where there are like a whole village of them, but they're it's all like gnomes. that that picture from John Wick three that production picture where he's riding a horse and he's like beating that guy on the motorcycle. Oh except imagine gosh. John Wick as a gnome and the horse is a goat. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing! And instead need, of a oh motorcycle, man. it's like somebody on like it's like a knoll or something like riding a <laughs> I boar. Need, I need to make a John Wick. No men PC. Oh man. I'm sorry, please do that. That is like now canon. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> anyway, um after after you've spent a little bit of time, not too long, maybe taking a break, getting some treatment, getting some supplies re-upped, yeah. Owlbear and Moose begin leading you out of the camp. Again, heading north on these mountain paths. Now that you've, you're not like high up in the mountains because it, it would take a while to climb that high. But you've right. you've increased in altitude up yeah. a, a reasonable way. Not just in foothills anymore. Yeah, you're not like, just really in the foothills. The you are in yeah. like the base of the mountains. So you begin the the group of you begin heading north. Okay. They're trotting along on these goats with these big old horns. Uh, Fitted with fitted with saddles and they're oh so cool making their way. These goats are having no problem with the rocky terrain. Yeah. You and Carhoon's footholds might be a bit less <laughs> a bit less sure yeah. and a bit less stable. Yeah, but you make decent time. I mean, I could turn into a goat. You could turn into a goat. That's probably something they haven't seen before. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm I'm not going to. I feel like I've already astonished them enough with like sprouting wings and I'm not all of a sudden going to turn into a goat. <laughs> but you travel throughout the day. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there might be some small talk going through. And if you have anything else you wish to ask, you feel free to. But I'm probably going to ask the dwarf why he goes by Moose. Moose. Or she. It's a he. Okay. He says, Moose. Strong, powerful, graceful, just like me. And Octavia nods and says, enough said. Yeah, Moose does not (laughs) seem like a particularly wordy person. Okay, yeah. But you guys trot there in their goat. They're on their little goats. um, Mm -hmm. And you make your way. And the, the sun begins to fall again as you feel like you've made a good time as they've... Taking you through little shortcuts and, and passes. They seem to know these mountains very, very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, based on the timeline they told you, they've been 
fighting up here for close to a decade, potentially. Yeah, so, I mean, they've been here for ages. They've been quite some time. Yeah, they're very familiar with these lands, and so they're making good time. And the sun begins to set, and Owlbear gets you to a particular point, and she stops her goat, and Moose stops next to you, and she turns to you and says, This is as far as we can take you, as our obligations lie with the rest of our kind. It's been a pleasure to meet you, and I hope our paths cross again. There's something about you, I can feel it. There's something different. Good luck in whatever you, you're, you're attempting over there in Montagnon, and if we can ever offer you aid again, we'd be happy to. And she reaches into uh, her well satchel, and she pulls something out, and she hands it over to you, and you see that uh, she is giving you, it is a horn, it's a horn of a goat, it's oh, wow. polished and curved and fitted mm-hmm. with a brass mouthpiece. So, you know, like the big old horns. Yeah. <laughs> and she hands it over to you and she says, If you are ever in need in these parts, you blow this horn and if we're able, the grat will come to your aid. Octavia takes the horn and looks at it and for one of the first times... She feels not so alone because this entire mission so far, it's been her and Carhoon, you know, and like having to leave Lake Ansel and having to leave all of the military might that was there. Um, and so seeing this horn and having met Owlbear and having met Moose, she feels a lot less alone in this mission against the monsters. And she thanks Owlbear and says, Finding allies here in the foothills was not something that we anticipated. And your all of your valor and all of your strength and all of your years of toil will not go unawarded. And thank you so much for your generosity. We could not have gotten this far without you all. Thank you. Well, you're very welcome. You asked me why I was called Owl Baron if I had a different name. And I mm-hmm. told you that, yes, it was not the name my parents gave me. When I vowed myself to avenge their deaths, I had to shed who I was before. I am not that person anymore, and I, I do not know who... You are what you've seen, what you've been, but you might, you might have to become something different. And I just hope that you don't lose yourself in what's to come. So good luck, Tavian, Karhun. I, Thank I you. sincerely do hope our paths cross again. I do as well. And Octavia will stick her hand out to shake Albert's hand. Albert's much smaller hand uh, <laughs> <laughs> fits into yours and, and she yeah. And then the two of them, a moose gives a uh, of acknowledgement, <laughs> and then the two of them turn on their goats and begin heading back mm-hmm. towards uh, their campsite. Mm. Interesting little fellows, huh? They're so short. 
Octavia will laugh. Uh, you know, Lake Ansel is always filled with gnomes and with halflings, so it's not maybe as unusual to her as someone who had like lived in Elystria, where it's basically all elves. Uh, they're so little. And they're she so little. says, oh. "Sorry." <laughs> no, I mean it was nothing like groundbreaking that she was going to say. It was just like, no, this is this is probably one of the best discoveries that anyone who is mounting a, a resistance against the monster army could ever have found. I have rarely met anyone who is as just bullheadedly determined as gnomes. And goodness gracious, I am glad to have met Owlbear. So it's basically night at this point, right? It is getting to nightfall, yes. Okay. It, is, it is basically night. So they, uh, you went to the morning, you met them, you went to their camp, and then they escorted you basically throughout the night. And they, they po- basically pointed you in the right direction, you know, follow this okay. path, uh, go here, turn at the giant stone shaped like a goat forehead. <laughs> And, you know, you'll get to Montignon. So you would expect to reach the walls of the city at the end of the next day. Okay. So if we're anticipating kind of reaching Montignon uh, tomorrow, we will probably rest here um, and continue journeying in the morning. Sounds like a good plan to me. It sounds like a good plan to Carhoon. Sounds good. Yeah. So... Karun and you find a, a decent place to to bed up again, mm-hmm. as you've now been farther away from your home than you've been in a, probably since you moved there. Yeah, I mean, Octavia's never been this far away from Lake Ansel since they lived in the forest surrounding Illustria. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So some interesting uh interesting developments you've you've made your way you're very close about a day more of travel and you expect to be there and you have potentially made some new allies yeah it's really comforting to know that you know it's it's not just octavia out there and it's not just each city being by itself out there and that there is some other there are some other forces that are actively know countering what the monster army is doing so you you are not alone mm-hmm. and so you you bed down carhoon makes his little little bed roll and oh, yeah. you guys set up the watch and you can light a fire or not depending on what you feel is prudent yeah we'll probably look around and see if it would if it's like wooded we'd probably be okay with the fire because mm-hmm. it would be shielded that type of thing and, yeah, after meeting those, Carhoon seems a bit less anxious, but he's still, he's still very tense. He still seems on edge as you uh, go down for the night. I mean, Octavia will probably notice this and say, uh, Carhoon, you seem tenser than normal. Is, is there something that is worrying you besides the obvious uh, <laughs> well, the obvious is a lot to worry about. Indeed. Montignon is... It's not a city like you've ever been to before. I have only ever been to two. It's... It's not called the Cursed City for nothing. There is a monster army potentially waiting outside of it. 
And that should worry us, but I'm also maybe worried about what lies inside. What do you worry about what lies inside? What do you know? I know only what most of us know. It's cursed. Some might call it denizens monsters. I, for one, have, if a curse of lycanthropy must fall upon me, to do the will of Al Absalon, to find rest for my family, to allow my younger sister to grow up in a world, she's already grown, what am I saying, to live out her life in a world not in fear and not subject to a curfew and subject to all of the contingencies of an occupied world. I believe it is a curse that I would take upon myself. Well, I guess we will find out for better or for worse tomorrow. Indeed. But we should get some rest. You as well. I know you don't need to sleep quite as deeply as I, but rest your mind. For all will be well, even if all will not be as we think it will be. And he uh, settles into, depending on who's taking the first watch or not, uh, settles into his sort of sleep-like trance. And whenever you you are awake and and Mm -hmm. keeping watch, he, he does seem to, it's not, as peaceful of a trance as maybe it has been in the past. Mm-hmm. He seems to be a bit fidgety and okay. just a bit on edge. Yeah. And so we will pick up here in the morning during the next episode. Ah! Oh my gosh, I just want to get there so badly! So oh, close. You're very close. I'm so close! We're so close! Like, I just want to get there. I just want to know what's going to happen once we're there. I'm like, did something else happen? Like, he's like, obviously fidgety, because it's terrifying to go to a city that's cursed, but it's also like, is there something else that he's not telling me that's making him particularly fidgety and particularly tense besides all the externalities of the monsters and everything? So, oh my gosh, I just want to know! <laughs> so that's me. <laughs> well, good. Ah. All right, everyone. Oh man, thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. A great way for us to grow and reach more people like you is to share us with your friends. So please tell your RPG group about us, or any of your nerdy friends you think might be interested, or your non-nerdy friends. If you want to get in touch with us, shoot us an email at me, my spouse, and a die at gmail.com. Or get in touch with us on social media. Our handle is at and a die podcast. We'd love to hear from y'all, and we always try to respond to each message we get. Catch y'all next week.